Hi everyone and welcome to the Rebels show and this is today we're on episode 4 I think and yes, I am Elad 4 right my name is Elad Cohen I'm the co-founder of Sapia and the co-host of the Rebels show and with me today is of course my co-host and co-founder Sharon Skiamas Sharon say hi Hi everybody Hi and- Hi <laughs> And uh, the background noise that say hi back to Sharon are the wonderful team of Moonwater, Divina, Kitz, and Maria. Amazing team. We got to know them really well in the last few weeks. And boy, do we have an interesting story to unpack today. So without further ado, um, Divina, Kitz, Maria, maybe you'll just take turns and say hi, introduce yourself, and then we'll go deeper. Sure. Maybe I can go first. This is Kitz. Go- yeah, go for it. Hey guys, this is Kit, um, one of the three um, people behind Moonwater. Um, I am based here in Canada, in the very beautiful city of Vancouver. Um, I have a son, his name is Felipe, he's nine months old actually, yesterday. Um, and aside from working on Moonwater, I am a kids yoga teacher, I advocate um, awareness on HIV education, and um, I love to cook uh, vegan meals. <laughs> yeah. Great. By the way, it's funny, Amazing. you know, it's like when you have kids, you still, when they're small, it's like every month, it's, it's huge, right? It's like nine months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, like it's like every think, month right? is like a birthday celebration. Yeah. You're just so happy to see them grow and um, um, witness uh, every milestone. So yeah, we, we actually went out yesterday. That's probably the reason why I missed the workshop wow. today. Love <laughs> My name is Divina. I'm based in Southampton in, here in UK. Uh, aside from Moonwater, I am a part of the research uh, team in the hospital, uh, University Hospital Southampton, NHS Trust, and uh, we, I work in the neurosurgery department and currently helping also with the COVID trials. <laughs> um, I married. Wow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <that's> married. <laughs> I think I'm the only one married in the group, but kids. And Maria got partners, but um, we don't have kids at the moment yet. So I can work for Moonwater like full time and a research uh, full time. Great. <laughs> Brilliant. And Maria? Hello, everyone. My name is Maria. I'm one of the waves of the three Moonwater. <laughs> and um, I'm based in London. Uh, Unlike uh, Kitz is the mom and and uh, Divina is married and I well family doesn't know it yet but I just got engaged I guess. Oh, oh congrats! Yeah. Oh, good news. <laughs> so I guess I'm letting them know. Surprise! I didn't even know that. That's the first. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, yeah, I. Well, before the pandemic, I like going to the galleries and museum. That's just a little something about myself. And I guess that's just it. 
very okay, carefree great. lifestyle in London. I'm leaving. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, maybe we'll start. Like, I think what's really interesting, you're in diff three different places. You're from the same country. How did you connect it and, and why Moonwater? Uh, the, the story behind the, the three wonderful women. And maybe first, just if you can say in one line, what does Moonwater do for people who don't know? Oh, okay. So um, Moonwater, um, we basically sell handmade products um, uh, made by different artisans from different communities from India and the Philippines. And so we all... Oh, that's one line. <laughs> yeah, great. And get to get back to my question. Uh, so how did you connect it? Again, because you're from three different places, originally from the Philippines. Um, what's the story behind the creation of this brand? So the three of us are um, childhood friends. So I've met Kit when we were, I was seven and she was six. So we went to school together. Um, and then we met Maria on when we were about 13 years old. Yeah, so, wow. secondary school. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then... Um, I think something happened. Well, we we stayed in the same school, me and kids, but Maria had a different story, which I think she can <laughs> she can tell later. And then um, kids and I just separated. Uh, like she went in Manila, and I went further north to study at the Gold University. So, uh, but then we kept in touch. You know, you you. Um, we write letters. We didn't have. Yeah, I remember. I used to write her letters. letters. Yeah, really? so we do. Yeah, <laughs> Divina and I are very close. Um, because as she mentioned, she, we we met when we were six. Uh, she was seven when we were um really young, and we we just kept our friendship until like, until now. And I remember when we were in college, I would write her letters because there weren't. Well, yeah, we had cell phone, but I don't know. I just, I just like the touch of letters. That's why I sent her letters. Yeah. It's deeper. It's deeper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even like we emailed a lot when she, she moved to uh, the UK. And we still kept in touch. Like we email and yeah. Yeah. I think so that was college, right? And, and yes. Where, where this yeah. kind of brand was born. So, and then when I came to the UK, kids went to Taiwan and then moved to Canada in the end. Yeah. And I got married on a Christmas and I asked kids to come over to the UK to attend. And suddenly we... Because I was her bridesmaid. Hey, that's an important part oh, of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is important. And then Maria was also in the UK. So I thought, shall we meet each other in London and that was my handle really and the idea started there um, we didn't have any plan of uh, uh, having business then but the friendship was uh, rekindled uh, since uh, when I met them for our handle for my handle and before that we haven't talked to Maria for like what 10 years oh, yeah. Ten, for a very wow. long time, 12 yes. years, yeah. 12, yeah, 
And so when we heard that she's she's in London, and I was um, traveling to London to attend to the UK to attend um, Divina's wedding, we just thought, you know what? Let's let's give her a ring and just just talk to her and uh, reconnect with her again because it would be yeah. really nice to see her because I'm traveling to London anyway. And so um, we 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 yeah, and so Divina contacted her. And we met in London. I remember we were walking uh, somewhere, somewhere in London. It was in the famous. More than me because I lived in London longer. <laughs> but somewhere in that London Bridge, I think. Yeah. And, and then we just saw her walking. I was like, "Hey, that's Maria." And we just hugged each other, and it felt so good because it feels like as if nothing changed. Yeah, um, it, it it felt yeah. like we were about 13, 14 years old once yes, again. Yeah. It, we, it didn't feel like we did. I didn't see them for for that long, mm-hmm. so we just yeah. reconnected instantly. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, it it started from there. We yeah, we kind of friendship um, back, like uh, we we always talk every day. So I think mm-hmm. that started. And when I I, I had the idea of why not um, start a business that sh- will showcase the uh, all these um, handmade products in the, from the Philippines. Because uh, I went home and I thought there's a potential for um, selling all these uh, beautiful products from my our region. And then I thought of these two girls to say, maybe I, I couldn't do it on my own. So I thought I should get Kit's and Maria's ideas as well. And then that's it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> side note, uh, it reminds me of kind of uh, our story at Sapia, mm-hmm. how uh, I met Sharon and Amir when, you know, they were we were all kids. Um, but that's besides the point today. Um, talking more about you, and you mentioned the communities in the Philippines. I went to your website. I read about Auntie Maritas. I think that's her name. Yeah. Maybe you can tell yeah. us a bit more about those artisans that you... Um, uh, let's go into one of their stories and what made you want to carry their work and show it to the world. Sure. Um, so... Um, Okay, because I, I I went home to Philippines uh, for a holiday, and I met I went to a festival uh, that with like in our province, and I met Auntie Maria, uh, or Auntie Marita, sorry, and um, I I saw her weaving, and I thought maybe she can make me a planter, a basket for my plants back home in the UK because I couldn't find the right size and the right design and color that I want. So I asked her um, if she's able to make it, and I said, yeah, I can do this, do that, and she was like, oh, she's so good. So she showed me weaving techniques, and then I said, okay, I'll I'll pay, and then I, I went back the next day, and she said, this, this is it. And I was so impressed. So I thought maybe because um, that day they, they were camping in the, uh, where, where the festival is. So I thought, oh, you know, they are very passionate of what they're doing. So I, I was thinking maybe I can help them promote their um, traditional weaving techniques, uh, the art of, you know, the weaving uh, using all these natural materials to the in the UK, 
So I thought maybe she can do something. So I kept in touch with her. I, I got her um, number and uh, came back to the UK, talked to Kits and Maria and shared my ideas. And then that's it. So yes, uh, maybe Kits can talk about more of the community because after my holiday, Kits went home to Philippines and she thought she would live there for good. <laughs> Just I, I thought I did, yeah. Scale of time. When, when, when did it happen? This kind of experience with the local artisan? So this was 2018. I went home. But of course, no, I think it was, I'm sorry, Divina, I think it was 2017 because 2018 was Is it the year I Yeah, went. I think probably oh, three years yeah. ago. Yes. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so I went, so after Divina's visit back home, um, she told us about the, I, her idea and Maria and I thought it's, it's really great. And just, just to tell you guys, among the three of us, Divina is the like most business minded. So when she <laughs> told us about this business idea, I'm like, just take my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I went back home in 2018 um, when we already begin planning and starting Moonwater. And so I went back to Auntie Marita's community to just check on her, see see the, the baskets and how they make it, how, where they harvest the, the fibers. And so um, when I went to see her, um, so she was showing me around the community. And then um, she told me that um, nowadays, it's kind of hard for them to harvest fibers because um, there's a decreasing number of the trees. It's, it's called buri tree. That's where the fiber comes from. Um, and so she said that um, they even have to hike up them to the mountain to just harvest this the mature fiber and why i remember i sorry to interject yeah, yeah. i have to ask you why um are those trees disappearing what's happening yeah. there exactly so um so she was telling me you know when they were younger these trees just grew uh, just outside their homes that's the reason why it's so abundant that this is their means of living and but nowadays like it maybe it started like 10 years ago she said that um there's a declining number of these trees that, as I said earlier, they have to hike up the mountain to even harvest the fibers. And so I remember her vividly saying that, you know, our the world is really changing. Oh, and I, Yeah, and I also think that um, there is a, a change of trend. You know, not a lot of Filipinos can appreciate all these products that are made of buri. From That's true, food. yeah. So I think instead of people planting more of these trees, they plant like mahogany or nara mm. are more valuable. They, they are more expensive when mm. yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it's like and a change in taste, change in taste, style. Yeah, and trend. And it's not, I think it's not deforestation or anything like that. No, no it, it, I think it's, it's also not like because that. of climate change. I think there's a, a mm. big factor with that because um, yes. you know these people they 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 live consciously, so they take care of, of the land because that's where they they um, yes. get their 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 living. Yeah, yes. their income, and so they know when something is not right, and they see the changes. I. I, you know what, when I was talking to her, I'm like standing there and thinking, oh my, so I'm talking to someone who is directly affected 
with climate change and I am home sitting comfortably and conveniently and yet I feel like I am not doing anything and that's also the reason why we are we really want to pursue this brand because we know that when when people are aware that hey you know we should be keeping and preserving this tradition then maybe people will be more considerate and be more um like more mindful of the environment Wow, th- this is huge. So basically, what you're saying it's just new trends, but also the this kind of plants are uh, being affected by the climate change or crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, and, and this what? tradition um, is is being like disappear right 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 now. Dying, yeah, yes, it exactly, is. yeah. So, so I think it's more than tradition. It's like a way of living, connecting. Mm-hmm. To, to 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 culture to tradition to the land mm-hmm. to nature the mm-hmm. whole kind of yeah. mindset is just disappearing and it's part of trends and climate change that's very true yeah yeah, yeah. and basically you want wow. to bring those uh, values mm-hmm. back to 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 more people so they will yes, have yeah. to sustain their way of living mm-hmm. it's more than just a product basically yeah Yes, yes, yes. Very interesting. That's really profound. Can't believe we're, we're on to that. It's a very yeah, deep part of your story, I feel. Yeah, how, how many people are we talking like when, when you met or speak with or trying to help? Um, well, we, we only talked to... Well, when I went back home, I met with three ladies. But mm. um, there were more... Um, there were more people that works um, with like weaving. Not really, because um, because nowadays, because these um, skills are passed down to every generation, and a lot of younger ones didn't really want to learn these skills anymore. They want to go to the city and work, and so there are only few people who are doing these traditional weaving techniques. Yes, and but I think. In that community, it's Auntie Maritis who is the like the, the person who uh, teaches the community, the people who doesn't have work to weave. Wow. It's like to, a yeah. master crafter, a mentor yeah. of everyone. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah, it's, kind, yeah it's kind of like That's that. incredible. Let yeah. me ask you something. So when you, uh, you've started selling and uh, when you come back and you tell them that you sold their work somewhere online to audiences in the UK and you give them money, not about the money, but how do they feel about it? That like about that you, do you give them new hope? Do you find them reacting to that change, that opportunity? Well, I, I think yes, because um, uh, since then, I think she have hosted or no, she, she has um, more workshops. So she's not only doing the weaving the teaching with weaving to the community, to her community or to her village, but she also goes to other provinces in Ilocosur. And I think she also, um, two years ago, she also won an award to say that, to to just appreciate what she is doing to the community of uh, um, sharing her skills to the other people who have no jobs, which means if they weave and help her weave more baskets to sell in the market, then they have a livelihood. 
So that is super deep. That means that you've empowered someone. Yes. Not only to, <laughs> to sell their work, but also to be a change agent. Now she's leading change in local communities. And this has gone way beyond what you could have imagined. That's at least the way I see it. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Yes. When, when I, um, when we, so when we, we told her that, oh, this is really funny because when we told her that, um, we wanted to sell your products in UK, she's like UK, like outside Philippines, like in different country. I'm like, yeah, we will. We want to do. And she's like, oh, really? Well, I can't believe that. Um, she can't believe that her works are going to be sold or be, be showcased in a different country. So yeah, just that I think just made her be more uh, passionate about what she does, which she should, because it's incredible. She, she's really good at what she does. And also, um, it's not only Anti Marites who we collaborate with or work with. Uh, artists. We also have other artisans, like what I said to Elad and Sharon this morning. That we we have these uh, artisans in Biku, wh where they were um, they were they suffered from flooding due to the typhoon. Uh, and these people are also weavers in the community, so they don't have jobs, but there's this lady who helps them create, uh, I mean, give projects to say, okay, you make this kind of basket and just give it to me when you finish and they can send it to me in the UK. Amazing. I think, you know, because you, you are part of our workshop and and this those stories are so important to be told uh because you are inviting people to make huge impact in other parts of the world but in a way also it's contribute to um the next generation if it's you know planting more trees for those kind of fibers that you mentioned or mm -hmm. pa passing this tradition to the next generation so they can make stuff they can um take this knowledge and use it and make money uh, and to connect to each other. Uh, I don't know exactly. Like, it's also interesting. Like, if it's going to disappear, what is the impact? Let's say tomorrow, you know, the last person with this kind of basket is, I don't know, dead. <laughs> How is it going to affect, from your point of view, on those communities? It's, it's like a history gone, I suppose. You know, the yeah, there's no more stories to tell. If if these weaving uh, products will not be in the market, like what we see now with the fast fashion, it's it's too fast. <laughs> I think Crystal, Crystal might tell you more about the fast fashion or Maria, but we're not liking it. I don't think there is a lot of stories behind the products. It's not like when you, you sell or with these handmade products, it tells a lot of stories about the people who, about the weavers, about the tradition, about the culture of their country. Amazing. Love yeah, it. I think, yeah, that, that there is a point. I think what happened in, to, in in our generation, maybe even just before, you go to the supermarket or a uh, shop and you buy something and you're not part of it and it's just a product and it has a price and you you disconnected 
from the process itself. You don't see it. And mm-hmm. the story is important not just to, you know, sell more. It's important because it connects you to the people behind it. And what does it mean? So if I'll tell you the story of this community and I will tell you a story of a fast fashion brand, suddenly you can see different kind of impacts on the world. You can make different kind of choices. So the, the buying process, telling a story, it's more just like a marketing technique. It's just what is the impact of making this choice? What does it mean to uh, some people, to, you know, economy or environment of tradition, education? Um, and those stories need to be preserved because otherwise, you know, if you don't know it, you just... you. you you lost the connection to what you're really buying. Yes. And just, just imagine a situation where someone would give you a compliment of a shirt that you bought from a shop or let's say a a bag for, for the ladies that you bought from a shop. So they would say, Oh, your, your bag is so nice. And the the only response that uh, someone is going to give to that is, Oh yes, thank you. I bought this from the shop. Whereas if you bought, uh, that bag from maybe local um, makers or weavers, then you will ha- you will tell the story of where you bought the bag and and how the bag was made and maybe the the impact that you're making for buying uh, that uh, exact bag. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, yeah, so yeah. true. Yeah, so and true. I just wanted to add, um, because I think one of the other problems is that we've created a society that, that is obsessed with what's trending and what's new. And so we always wanted the latest bag or the latest phone. People line up to buy new things. And we even created a phenomena called FOMO or fear of missing out. And I think that kind of reflected even in the way we shop. So once an item is not in anymore, they're not trending, we wanted to jump into the latest trend again. And what happens is that the, the item that you bought before don't have any more value. And then it's just you just wanted the new thing and you just accumulated so many things. And that's also the reason why we love working with traditional pieces because, you know, these traditional pieces, these traditional products are classic. They're timeless. And so as what Maria said, you know, if you carry a woven basket, for example, um, no one will say, oh, that's so last season. Because, you know, these traditional things, they are there for, you know, they're always okay even after 10 years. We even have um, items that we, we have like 20 years ago, my parents have, and they're, they're still beautiful because they have value. They have more value because they're... They're made better. Exactly. You know, what comes to mind is timeless versus trend. What is a trend? If you think about it really deeply, it's a fiction. This is something that's created by companies or fashion Mm -hmm. designers or magazines or God knows what. And they make us believe that there's a trend now. There's a season. We need to change whatever. And many people follow it. But if you actually strip it down to the core, there are no trends. There are items and stories that we connect to that reflect our worldviews and we buy them because we like to be a part of that we want to join that club and if it's timeless it's timeless right so i love what you're saying it's that maybe there's a even a deeper problem here it's like 
a trend culture and we're trying to go back to something more deeply rooted i love that yeah i think okay. there's something even bigger here because every time that we buy something that's what i i see it we vote and we vote with our money what's more important and what happened i know since when but we lost the meaning behind what are we buying and what you're suggesting is when you buy something with meaning the impact is so huge that that it touched everything and if it's a trend it's meaningless it's just because the other person is wearing it or buying it and, and you lost the connectivity what it really means for me when it's timeless um it symbolizes something about us as a culture i will say um and and basically i think that the the role of the of the uh, independent brands the small companies is to promote those kind of values and to tell those kind of stories because the alternative is just selling fast and cheap and scream mm-hmm. and this is meaningless and i think people start to understand it now i also know that you you are involved on cup with couple of projects that that um like social projects in the philippines um kids and education how does connected to what you're doing on a daily basis or can you tell us on one of the projects that you really uh deeply involved what does it mean how to connect to to somebody who's buying your product So yeah so I'm very passionate about uh helping and uh you know we grew up in the Philippines where we've witnessed what real poverty is like uh you know the all these overwhelming financial problems and um of course if you don't have money then sometimes you are not able to access education so we thought of um uh giving back but by giving we we thought of supporting these children by giving them access to to education so every month we uh send money we sponsor a ch- a child to go to school uh we pay their tuition fees we pay their monthly allowances and i think by this it's 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 very important to me because um i remember uh, we we when i was 13 uh we used to have a helper in in our family so this lady she did she was older than me maybe 5 7 years older than me and she we used to stay in the same room in the bedroom and we chat a lot but because we we are she is so dear to our family we thought of giving her free education so she will help in some household works and then she will go to school in the morning come back in the afternoon and she can help again with with cooking and cleaning so my my parents they were able to send her to school for free for four years until she we wanted to give her also like a university degree but unfortunately her mom became ill so she have to go back to school uh go back home and that made me think if if only cuz I, i when i went home the same year i saw her in the market 
and she was selling like vegetables and fish in the market and I, my heart was oh I, I don't know how to explain but if only I was we were able to give her a better education then maybe she wow. won't be in the market um you know, maybe she would land to a better profession. So I thought when I came to the UK, um, of course, uh, you know, you earn a little bit more money in the UK when you compare it to the Philippines. So I knew I wanted to extend my support to the people who are in need. So again, it's it's the same thing. My grandma, she had a, this lady who looked after her 24-7. But her she have to leave my grandma because of uh, family issues. And she thought she doesn't have any more money to support her children to go to university. So they asked even uh, my grandma how if they, can, they were able to help. So I, I said to them, maybe I can help this time because I'm earning money already. So maybe I can help. So now this lady, she... I help her. Um, uh, she went to university, and now this year she graduated civil engineering. Wow. So, yeah, I, I think um, incredible. With, <laughs> thank you, and I think with Moonwater, um, at least it 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 gives us a little bit more money to support these people in our home country. We are blessed because we are in this country, and I think we want to impart also this blessing to to our to the people or to the children in need. Beautiful, yeah. That's you know, it's crazy a lot. You know, we we, we grew up in Israel. Everybody went to school. Uh, probably it's the same in the yeah. UK. Uh, I'm living in the Netherlands. So school, it's like you know, it's easy, and when I cannot imagine when you don't have this basic access yeah. because you don't have money. And basically you are doomed because what are you going to do? You don't have education. Um, this is like, you know, like you don't have water. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is really crazy to, to think about it and imagine it. And I think that's important because we, we use this kind of wealth and we complain about, I don't know, I, the bus is late. I don't know. And when you think yeah. about it, I guess, you know, you talk my about Uber the typhoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my Uber Eats is, is uh, late. My Uber Eats didn't. It came cold. No. And, and, and sometimes we, we miss this kind of reference of there's a lot of people, they don't have access to education. And what does it mean if you can be part of any contribution when you buy your products, for example, and mm -hmm. and suddenly you give an opportunity to a kid somewhere mm -hmm. that he, he can pay forward maybe in the future and have education and have his own impact. And, and that's what I mean, the meaning behind the product. And that's what being lost. And, and yes. that's why I think your mission is so important because... because you invite people <clears throat> to see reality from different lenses. You know, UK is a wonderful place. If you compare it to some people in other places in the world, you can have an impact when you choose this basket, which is timeless and has a lot of meaning and stories and just another bag somewhere that you're probably going to throw out in, I don't know, one year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Amazing. with with Moonwater, we also wanted to bridge the gap of the community. It's because, um, you know, just hearing Divina's story, you can just tell that there is a um, there is a huge gap between um, different um, families back home. So there are people who can access. There are people. Uh, who can access education. There are people who have a lot. And um, we just wanted to show people that we can work together so that people can have an equal opportunity of what, you know, preacher or um, able families can have. And as you said, education is really important. And um, it's a basic right. And so us being able to go to school, we wanted every children back home to experience that, to also go to school. Yeah, and that is our way of giving back because uh, kids, Divina and I, had the um, opportunity. Our We were very lucky to have uh, parents that could afford to send us to school. So it's just mm-hmm. and, and not everyone in the Philippines have the the parents that we we have, so we try to do our best to help out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we may not be able to help everyone out, but we are starting we we start with one and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll one hundred will help more <laughs> or a thousand <laughs> who knows who knows. Who knows? Definitely, these are stories that I would love to see you share with your audience and make it to your website. I think it's, you know, only today I I get to know who Moonwater really is. Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, I that's also, great. Yeah, I also want to uh, add that Kits is a yoga teacher, so she's very passionate. So I think she. <laughs> tell you more about <laughs> like a yoga free yoga classes to these children back home in the philippines these children were from the street and they were home somewhere in the philippines but crystal had the opportunity to go and teach them yoga kids maybe yeah yeah i did um so um when i went back home i told them you know what why don't we why don't we extend the help more to children in the street. Um, because as we mentioned earlier, um, there is uh, uh, poverty is really, uh, it's really increasing back home. And what happens is that children also lose home. And uh, um, parents are not able to care for them. Uh, they're not mentally and financially fit to care for their children, and uh, uh, there's a there's a home uh, in one of the cities in the Philippines where where they take care of the children. And so I went there, and you know, it's a lot of people think that children don't get stressed out, but they actually do, and it's a huge uh, impact on how they grow, the the stresses that they go through. Will, will definitely show when they get older. And so I thought that um, since I'm a yoga teacher, I would want to share classes with them so that they become more, you know, they're going to be able to uh, manage stresses better. And so they grew up more mindful 
and kinder and happier. Of course, we all want happy children. Yeah. Wow. That's what you do on your vacation. It makes me feel so bad. <laughs> I just ate, yeah. ate hummus and avoid the Charon's calls. That's all I've been doing on my vacation. Well, I, yeah. So I always try to do that when I go home. It's because, um, well, that's the only time I get to do that because uh, it's not easy to book a vacation. And again, well, when you're happy with what you do, if you're passionate about it, it's not really like daunting to do it. And it's, it feels really good to see children's faces smiling and happy. And so, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So I think we can talk about hours. It's, you know, it's entering us, probably <laughs> the listeners, um, to a, a whole new reality that m we might know, but you don't hear those kind of people. You know, I've been there, I've done it. I've looked at the eyes of those kids, those craft people. This is their reality. Um, and I think especially, we just released a post today. Uh, I don't know if you heard the Burger King announced And they had like an ad, you can call it, ask everybody to buy from McDonald's as well. <laughs> and we said, you know, you can be cynical about it and say, okay, this is big businesses. They have deep pockets. This is a marketing stunt. The reality is we need each other. And we are more connected than ever. You know, a bat somewhere in the Chinese market affected billions of people. And some scientists claim that th this is deeply affected by climate, uh, the climate crisis and, and over, um, it's called, we are entering unknown territories and doing stuff we shouldn't do. Um, so, you know, w when you buy this, your basket and it has so much meaning you can feel that you're doing something really good. And there, there is a effect that other person that can change his, his future. And I think that's huge. Uh, while, you know, I'm, I'm just sometimes just buying stuff. I don't even aware. But if you have this kind of awareness that you can promote as a brand, um, th that's really going to connect people to other people and give them some kind of meaning. Yeah, because we are not mindful shoppers anymore. As you said, we're not totally, like we don't have the awareness uh, when picking out something from the shop. We're very, yeah, we, we lost being mindful. And so, like if you look at your shirt or whatever you're wearing right now, you just notice yeah. the color, the material, the brand. But if, if we become mindful of what we buy, we, we see a material, like a, a, a thing deeply. We see, oh, so where did this came from? Or how does my purchase impact the people who made this? Or even the environment. And so that's what we, we really wanted to create uh, around Moonwater. We wanted those thinking um you surround your yourself with those thinking when you buy from moon water and i think it gives you the identity you know when i i wear my uh bayong the woven basket to work they will 
asked me, are you from the Philippines? Or <laughs> from the Philippines? Hmm. Oh, you got the identity. The, that bag Love is it. from the Philippines. <laughs> and then I will say, oh, yeah, I, we sell them too. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that leads me also, yeah, our next question that we really want to hear from you. What, what is the future of your brand? What are the plans? You know, things are changing. You talked about Typhoon. Uh, why are you going? You're also participating in our workshop. You're doing some changes. You understand, you understand a couple of things about the core story of our, your brand. What are you planning to do in the next few months or year as a brand? What's for sure is that um, we wanted to work with more communities um, back home. That's for sure. That, that Of course, we always wanted to... Uh, be working with more artisans back home in, in, um, and also because we, we, we've been working with artisans in India and Vietnam. Maybe after this pandemic, we were, we will be able to go and visit them. Oh, yes. Because, <laughs> uh, because of the pandemic, all the plans have changed, you know? Yeah, and I think in the future we we would still be selling the same timeless bags and may and we will still be doing collaboration with Sapia. Cool. But um <laughs> I'm interested in, in also knowing more where you're taking the brand. Like um where do you see yourself? What do you rep what do you want to represent in the future? I think we had the idea of, of um uh, ex- expanding, but slowly, because uh, uh, Krista lives in Canada, uh, and we are based in the UK. So we started to join more markets in Canada. Mm-hmm. But she also have plans to live in Sweden <laughs> soon. So I think Sweden will be a very good location for who for for our brand. Because people are very like-minded uh, in Sweden. I, I don't know. We sometimes we don't also plan these things because <laughs> sometimes they don't happen. But it's good to have a plan. I think we're also thinking of because we would like to um, design our own woodblock prints, uh, and uh, we would like to do it with the design that is very close to our heart, that is uh, a symbol of our homeland. And we are very, uh, we're an, maybe we will be able to um, show this kind of designs of our quilt, um, woodblock quilts to Liberty. I don't know, Maria should, should be answering this. Very <laughs> <laughs> into Liberty. Maria, you're getting the hot potato. <laughs> I, I know because I, I, well, we had this idea of asking our artisans in India of um, making us a woodblock print of our own designs. Um, I mean, designs that, as Davina said, very close to our heart, like what is our province known for? Uh, like, for example, with um, our national plant or, or like a flower from back home or maybe this thing called uh kalesa in in the, in the philippines we will ask our 
artisans in India and then use it for our quilts. And then I've, I, I've always had this idea of pitching it with liberty <laughs> in London. <laughs> yeah, so, but with, with the pandemic, with what is happening now, it's it's kind of difficult to think that far ahead because we actually don't know what is going to happen. So we try to just um, uh, like do what we can or, or plan whatever we can for the next maybe couple of months or I don't think we, we've, we've think about things that far ahead yet. We did, but then the pandemic happened. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're learning to plan I, I, how not to plan. Yes. yes. I guess. Um, I guess we really just wanted uh, Moonwater to be accessible to more people, to more communities, and to showcase uh, our artisans' work. Um, not just uh, to the European market, but now like we're slowly introducing it here to Canada. So I think that's just one of the big picture that we're very excited about. Yes. Um, and yes, go ahead, kids. Yeah. And so as Divina mentioned earlier, uh, we just really wanted to uh, work with more artisans. Um, I, we really believe that there are more um, talents and skills to show um, that's very unique to our culture and tradition. And yeah. So it is going to be like Asian, what is it, a fusion? Because it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be uh, designed uh, from us and it will be made from a different part of um, Asia. And yeah. also we, we would like to, uh, we would like uh, everyone to have um, an access because like nowadays when you, when you hear that the product is 100% handmade or organic or, or cotton or whatever, the first thing that you're going to think is, oh, this is going to be pricey. So we, we would like to, um, not going to be as expensive as the usual handmade, um, products. Hmm. Okay. Got you. So, so you basically want to introduce your own products or designs involve more artisans, communities, yes. different countries, and uh -huh. also the new market right now. It's it's Canada that you're planning to to go ahead, right? Uh -huh. Sounds amazing. Like this is a plan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's that's the only plan that we have at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, we have more more plans. We were also thinking of cafe, moon water cafe. Oh yes, we, oh, we yeah, had been we had that plan. That, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I hear some excitement here. <laughs> <laughs> moon water cafe. Wow. <laughs> but I think it was put on hold because of what's happening, and maybe won't happen until I don't know five years. <laughs> yeah, not in no, the I next couple of years. So. I know that you're based in different places. You mentioned two cities in the UK. One of you is in Canada. Sometimes you travel to the Philippines. 
Now, we at Sapia, we work remotely, but it's London and Amsterdam. There's not that big of a difference. How <laughs> the hell do you make it work being in different parts of the world? And you also have other um, occupations to keep you busy. How do you manage that? We sometimes fight, just so you know. So it's not, it's not like it's not like a walk in the park, like hey, we're gonna sell this. You know, it's not. It's not that easy. Well, technology makes it easy. Um, huh? We How have we, we have we have this, work? we we have disagreements uh, sometimes because uh, we have three different personalities, but and ideas. One, <laughs> and ideas, yes. But sometimes. Um, I do travel to Southampton when I could to help Divina out if she needs uh, help with anything. Like when I we... I always need help. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that the, the key is communication. I I don't care if Christelle is asleep. I will wake her up if I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> And it's happening to me when she wakes up. Because, you know, when you have this brilliant idea and you just want to share it to them, Maria will just reply to me, uh, like, immediately, because we have the same time zone. But I think it's communication. We always talk to each other every day. Yeah, every day. Uh, every day since our Hindu, I think. My, my Hindu. It hasn't yeah. And I think there's something wrong. With the three of us, if we don't at least me- send a message in a day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's one time Divina weren't online and I was panicking. I'm like, hey, Maria, where is Divina? Is she okay? I'm, I was panicking. I remember that. But yeah, I would agree to Divina. It's communication. And I Remind guess it's really later. And I guess we, because I remember Divina Maria, we, before we started this, we already talked about, okay, for sure we're going to have disagreements, but then we laid, we laid yeah. what we should be focusing on. Um, we're like, we should always make sure that personal and business aren't mixed. Well, it, it can be mixed, but um, we made sure that we laid, um, yes. yeah, we laid the boundaries between mm-hmm. us business partners and us friends or family. Yeah. We call ourselves family already. And yes. so, yeah, it was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think at some point I told both of them that if we are talking about business, if um, we say something that we don't like, maybe you feel like you're being attacked or whatever because of your ideas, do not take anything uh, seriously, if, if it's just for business, then it's business. If you're, if it's about friendship, then obviously it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. We value each other so much. Like we've been part of each other's lives for so long that we cannot risk our relationship just because we have a business. Yes. And, and, yes. And, and I think, um, what what Divina and I and uh, probably kids learned is before anything else, if you have a meeting, especially in the morning, coffee first. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah. not. Yeah, <laughs> Sharon, I hope you're taking notes there. Yeah? <laughs> Do not go for a meeting without having Co- first your yeah. coffee. <laughs> Yeah, we just go instead of having many small arguments, we just have few arguments but very big ones, and 
That's it. <laughs> yeah, once a year. Once, <laughs> once a year, we have this kind of ceremony. And, uh, then we, uh, <laughs> or maybe yeah. I will, sometimes I will just email them. I want to email. And I don't know. I will just get a good or bad feedback. <laughs> Yeah, and I think also uh, with the with the communication, you also have to be to be honest because since we're friends, we sometimes we we worry too much about each other's yeah. feelings. If we hurt yeah, our, yeah. Uh, if if I hurt their feelings because they are my friends, but I think it's you just have to be honest. If the idea wasn't that good, you just have to to say it and then improve. Or, or do something about it instead of saying yes, it's brilliant when it's actually not. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think that's a wrap for today. Um, that was lovely. I really enjoyed it. It was really yeah. amazing to get to know you, like really your personal stories and your brand story. How did it start? And who are the people behind it? The artisans, Auntie Maritas, and her story, and how much impactful you make her life, and then. All those wonderful products that you do with kids, education, yoga. Um, it was lovely to hear about your future plans. I hope they all come into fruition <laughs> and that you manage to touch more lives. Um, also, hearing about your remote work model, it's, it's great. And I took some notes for myself and it was really um, some of these things we think about as a remote team as well. So I, I think it really helps. Um, I really enjoyed it and I've learned a lot about the true meaning of, you know, not only a brand story, but the people, their lives, their story behind it. That's really a mission, I think. And um, you have it, you know, so really power to you. I'm looking forward to see what you'll do in the future. Thank you. Thank you.